We've talked, we've touched on special teams breaking up the game and making it hard to judge five on five, but let's talk about the special teams themselves because man, we mentioned the two power play goals, the penalty kill. Also had another very good game. Nashville had seven power plays and Bruins killed all seven of them. So Jeremy Swain was excellent. Like the Predators did get chances. Uh, it certainly wasn't a perfect penalty killing game, but Swayman was great. Um, and then at the other end, you know, both times it's Vin Reams that go into the net. One, he gets it kind of low at the doorstep and makes a quick move looking for a pass to Postonok back door, and it goes in off a Nashville defender, which, you know, you can say that's like a little bit lucky, but it's a play where you create your own luck because he's going, he's going to the net, he's being aggressive, he's putting the defense on their heels. And then the other one's just a nice deflection. Charlie McAvoy with a good tippable shot and uh, Van Reams, like, gets a stick on it for a second. So, you know, because there was so much special teams, it was a game where you were going to have to win the special teams battle. And obviously the Bruins did with two power play goals and a seven for seven PK. Would you classify Pashnak's penalty shot goal also as special teams? Uh, I mean, on the stat sheet, sort of, is, yeah. is that, is that a mean, is that a power play goal on the like officially? Is that a power play? No, goal? It, do, it doesn't count as a power play. They, I, I don't think they technically count as anything because like it doesn't count as a five on five goal either. So it's a it's a specialty play though, and obviously there, you know, there was a penalty on it. So yeah, well, obviously you named it. I mean, the the special teams was the the deciding factor in the in the entire game, uh, both ways. So even Nashville's second goal i want to say was was a uh, on a delayed call maybe it was their first goal but i think it was a second goal so yeah, yeah i mean yeah so so every everything was was special teams and and yeah i mean the bruins killed off a a four minute double minor in the second period and really gave nashville nothing so it was it was impressive i think that yeah i mean your, your goalie has to be the, your best penalty killer and he was but it just seemed like there was a there's a lot of speed the bruins present on on the penalty kill with beecher and and DeBrusque and, you know, Marshand out there and, you know, Coyle's experience. So, and on, on, on the back end, you have a lot of experience there too with Lindholm McAvoy and in Carlo and Forbert, like those guys have, they know what they're doing on the PK. So penalty kill is strong, of course. And, and yeah, the power play, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot, there's a, there's clearly a lot of havoc that Van Riemsdyk creates down low. Um, you know, in the, in the past few years, you've seen, Taylor Hall down there in that front. You've seen Nick Felino at times, Jake DeBrusque, obviously prominently. And there just never seemed to be a true fear from the from the penalty kill that those guys were gonna take it to the net every time or really be a threat. But Van Reemsdyke's range and just natural ability down there, just he creates a lot of chaos and the penalty killers start running around in that box down low. And obviously it opens up seams cross ice to, to Pashnak sneaking down or McAvoy at the top or Marshan. So I mean, I just really like Van Riemsdyk's presence down there, and I think I think he's exactly what they're looking for. He's going to be very successful there. Uh, Zaka looks better in the bumper. Um, the Bruins are starting to do the reverse bumper now, where it's it's Pashnak trying to feed Zaka, not Marshan trying to feed Bergeron. Obviously, with Zaka being a lefty, so and I love I love McAvoy's uh, shot mentality. Um, you know that that's one of his biggest criticisms. He doesn't shoot the puck enough and set the tone and. And uh, Van Riemsdyk's second goal, obviously, being off the faceoff, uh, McAvoy just did exactly what you're supposed to do. And and so, the yeah, both units obviously were very strong. 
Yeah, and, and something I noticed a lot on the penalty kill is just how many block shots there were by Bruins defensemen. McAvoy had four, I think. Um, and yeah, McAvoy had four, Forbert had three. Um, everybody but Shattenkirk on the D had at least one blocked shot. So everybody was kind of putting their body out on the line for that, getting important clears and the forwards were a big part of the penalty kill as well. And then um, power play, obviously they, they scored. They still, that second power play unit, there's still more to be desired from for sure. I'm not sure if the personnel on that unit have hundred percent clicked yet. Um, but as long as you have that first unit going, uh, that's, that's a good, uh, place to start. That's your, your more powerful unit anyway. Uh, the Pasternak penalty shot was just sick. I, I just wanted to bring it up just because, uh, you guys already talked about it a little bit, but, um, that was so impressive and he just shot it from behind him and the goalie had no goalie had any chance stopping that so uh, it was just it was it was very pretty put that on the highlights for the whole season I bet it will be yeah I mean that that release and that shot placement uh, unstoppable for a goalie and you know it's funny because like after the game uh the Swayman was asked about it and he said yeah he does all the time in practice and it always works and then both McAvoy and Pasenak pointed out that he tried it in one of the preseason games and shot it right into the, right into the goalie's chest. So it didn't work that one time, but um, yeah, Pasenak said he's been working on it since and went back to it and obviously had much better shot placement this time. Um, but, you know, it's just, I was at the penalty shot, so it's like a unique specialty thing, but it is sort of a continuation of just the different, releases and kind of shots that he's added to his arsenal in recent years and finding ways to to deceive goalies and like we've seen it on the power play where you know instead of taking a one-timer that might get blocked he steps inside and just takes a quicker shot and he's done it at five on five too and um you know it's that's what's allowing him to he's always been a good goal score a great goal scorer that's what's gonna allow him to keep getting even better and consistently be among the leaders is, you know, is keep developing different shots, different ways to score, different ways to, to full goalies. So, um, yeah, as for the, for the power play and, you know, Van Reems like being that front, Brian, you nailed it. And like the thing I keep thinking of is you mentioned all those other guys, they tried at the net front and it's like, they all did some good things, you know, DeBrusque and Hall have some playmaking ability out of that spot where, you know, if they get the puck low, they can do some good things with it. Felino had the physicality and, you know, a couple moves he could go to in close, but obviously not as gifted of a playmaker. Van Reems, like, it feels like he kind of has it all. Like, he's got the good hands down there. He has the, the hand-eye for deflections. He's obviously a big body and he's physical. So he's hard to move out of there. And if he's in a position where he has a shot, he has a good shot in close and a good finish. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, that's obviously one big reason he was bought, brought here. And, you know, I already said like, they're going to need the power play to be productive. And certainly they have the talent for, for it to be clearly, no matter what you might think about their offensive depth, five on five, like, 
they have enough talent to have a really good power play. So it's just about putting it together. Um, you know, as, as for like uh, the penalty kill, I wanted to touch on too. You mentioned, you know, all the forwards, like the speed. It's also n- new guys or guys stepping up to more minutes. So for it to already look this good early on is is encouraging because let's be honest, it looked bad in the preseason. Part of that was they hadn't really worked on it yet. But part of it was also, it's like, it's new guys trying to get used to it. And I think you already see, you know, where Beechers ends up at, uh, what, like four, probably like four something on the 423 shorthanded. Um, you know, it's obviously new for him. You see Trent Frederick get three minutes shorthanded. He was used very sparingly on the penalty kill last year. So kind of a new role for him too. Um, going to be more minutes for Zaka there. Coyle is now in year two of being a go-to penalty killer. Same with DeBrusque. Last year was sort of the the first year that he was really a go-to guy there. So uh, yeah, it's encouraging that it's it seems to be coming together pretty well so early in the season because I thought, I thought that was going to be more of a work in progress than the power play. And so far, it's just hit the ground running. Well, and Montgomery commented in the preseason, too, how the penalty kill hadn't gotten much practice and it looked pretty brutal. But um, one last uh, comment on Van Riemsdyk that came to my mind as well is the Bruins, we mentioned Taylor Hall, Felino, DeBrusque. The one guy we didn't mention was Tyler Bertuzzi because they found their, their net front guy in the power play last year with Bertuzzi. And he would have been clearly the number one net front guy this year had he resigned. So... Obviously, him signing in Toronto, you you lose that asset. So bringing in somebody because again, you you lost Taylor Hall, obviously, but and Felino. So it's 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 to brusque or bust, really. And I think the Bruins just were they wanted more options there. And 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 yeah, I think he's not the most explosive guy going after rebounds, you know, beneath the goal line. But because of his range and his and his reach, he can he can, he can definitely bring some pucks in and and. It's just been a good fit. So he's, he's massive. Like whenever I see him in the locker room, like if he walks in on his, like still in his skates, dude, I feel like he's like three feet taller than me. Like he, he's big and he takes up a lot of space in front of the net that goalies can't see by. So it's not just that he's, he's good at redirections and grabbing pucks off pads that, you know, rebounds. He's great at screening. Um, so he has the whole skill set of everything you want for a net front guy, not just, um, you know, the finish there. Um, so maybe he has all three of those things where um, some of the guys you listed just had one or two of them. And I did in my mind kind of laugh a little bit when I remembered that, uh, do you remember, I, I'm sure we all remember, let's not forget the Zidane Chara net front experience. <laughs> they tried him net front for a little bit just because he's so big and they're like, just, just throw him out in the front of the net and see, see what happens. <laughs> that one, that, that was a failed experiment, but it, I mean, it worked a few times. Yeah. I mean, it worked a little bit. Who, who was, who was standing in front on Bergeron's tying goal in a, uh... Game seven against the Leafs in 2013. Yeah, it's, and it's in all the highlights. He's right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, with Vin Reemstein, it's like, this is just an aside, but I also think about, obviously he's 34 years old now. He's not the skater he used to be. But thinking back to like how intimidating he could be when he was when he was also a really good skater with that size, like the way he moved, it was, you know, you talk about the guys that could really get a defense back in their heels off the rush. And uh, 
he certainly could with the way he'd, he'd attack defenses. And he used to do it to the Bruins all the time. <laughs> he was a Bruins killer. 